Well, good morning, Fabcasters. This is Arbar. You know what time it is. I'm driving. It's my drive time, but this one's different. And I, I'm first of all, I apologize for for being offline for a couple days. Um, we're in California. We're doing our we're doing our our purpose driven um, trip here, and the the purpose of this trip not only to visit friends and family, but to conduct several freedom sessions, um, eye-opening sessions, and one of which was for me, because I've always felt like there was some unfinished business in me when I went through years ago, and my wife told me the other day, she said when she does listen to the show, um, she, she can hear a, a hint, a tone of, of darkness which is true because of, if I'm just being honest all the time there there are times and they are frequent where I'll get thoughts from the enemy where I'll get negative thoughts I'll get some sort of something that doesn't make any sense some sort of irrational feeling or I'll just do something that, that must be confessed because there is no freedom apart from confession because that's that's what combats shame and guilt it's, it's it's letting it out so there is a tone of darkness but but I know what she meant there's there's still it's like unfinished business so because I'm because I'm here I and because my friends know me they said let's 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 take you uh, through again and this is the game changer this is the game changer because um, in, in my mind I know that no behavior exists apart from a belief in something about something they're, they're all connected like I don't just move I don't just move my hand across um, the air and hit someone's face for no reason it's it's because I believed something. And most likely it was a lie, I believed. Unless someone's trying to uh, kidnap one of my kids and then I punch him in the face, that's a good belief. The, the, the good belief there is don't touch my kid. I'm, I'm gonna protect my kid. This is, this is my purpose as a parent is to protect them uh, physically, spiritually, emotionally, in every sense of the word. But there was some, there's something else that can happen in a person's life that would cause other things. Now, the, the medical world has called this um, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. I just want to bring it. I just want to bring it down to a street-level, um, spiritual level. There's there's just stuff that can happen. Sinful stuff that can happen, that can affect me and be embedded so deep that I didn't even know was there. And by definition, that's what I'm talking about. That's, the, that's a blind spot. And, and we find no freedom from blind spots apart from other people. This is why I'm just so big on community because I can't see any of my blind spots. And, and my wife can't see all of my blind spots. 
and my kids can't see. So, so there's more than there's more than spouse. There's more than family. There's more than just my neighbors. There's there's this thing called the body. It's true community, but it's not family. It's not just my family is always going to have my back. I mean, my immediate family. Extended family and extended, extended, um, maybe, yeah, but maybe not as much, but yeah, my family's always going to have my back. And and what I want is people who are also not afraid to hurt my feelings and just tell me like it is, like, like some friends that says, dude, you're not done, man. There's still darkness in, in you. And, um. And I got nothing to hide. I, I got nothing to hide. I, I've been crying out to God lately, like, like, God, what? You tell me what I got to do because I got nothing to hide. I have no fears, and for me, I, I don't have an issue with resentment. I just don't. There's my heart has no resentment, and maybe you hear that and you go, my gosh, that sounds totally free. That sounds amazing, and it is. But but my issue. For this last one, when I when I when I sat down with my friends and we spent just a day of praying, it, and then that sounds weird too, doesn't it? Like, who does that? Who gets together in a room in a small little cubicle with, with three other people with a whiteboard and some couches and some water and some snacks and just says, "We will sit here all day and be patient, take off our watches, take out the batteries of our phones, and and pray and invoke." the most powerful being in the universe and just pray through whatever feelings or struggles there are and connecting them to the source. Um, that's weird, isn't it? Yeah, but that's what we do. Um, totally lost where I was, but I was talking about it. I don't have issues with resentment. I don't have issues with the love of money um, anymore. I don't have issues with racism anymore. I don't have issues. Um, there's, there's, there's a lot. There's a lot of issues that, that, that are no longer there. So what God's been telling me lately is, cool, now you're ready for the next thing. And, and just when I think, just when I think that... Uh, I have graduated and I have I've moved on to the next level. It's really just God saying, "Cool. Now you're ready to see what's next. What the part of your your soul, the part of you that that I want and then I want to take from you." So I was totally humbled cuz uh good old plumber Dan which which you know said, do you, do you mind who's in the room? And, uh, and he brought in two young people. And, and, and quite honestly, I'm thinking, wait a minute. The, the, way, the way I've grown up, the way, the, way my, the way I've learned, I've learned some lies. And then the lie I've learned is that, what's a young person going to offer me? But God put that to death. <laughs> he, he has put that to death. And now I'm saying, oh, I don't care. There is no, I mean, in, in Christ, the body of Christ, the foot of the cross is, is leveled. 
Um, I don't see myself as someone's discipler or mentor. mentor or, man, it's equal, man. If you, if you know Christ and you love God, give me what you got to give me. And I, I was crying out to God, like, Lord, well, you're, you're the most powerful being in the universe, right? Like, you're the most loving person in the universe, right? So, come on. What do I got to do? Because something's missing. So, where, where I thought, because I don't have those other struggles with those, those roots that manifest, but one thing that was missing was that something had happened to me in my past that I didn't know was there because I stuffed it. Not, conscious, not consciously, it was a coping mechanism. Now, I'm using pretty big words, but basically I forgot about it. But my soul purposely forgot about it and stuffed it so that I could survive. And, and having talked to several people as well, they, 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 they have said things like this. Um, this guy hurt my... Um, sibling and then he hurt my other sibling and then he hurt my other sibling but he didn't hurt me okay um, I talked to my my buddy who's a child psychologist good guy and he worked in a house where there was abuse of children all kinds all levels and some of these kids remember um, the abuse and, and, and others don't just don't. And for, for some things that's happened in my life, because life happens, um, and because of the free will of man, some people make choices, and other people are part of the collateral damage. And their mind does either one of two things. It either remembers it, and it turns to other coping mechanisms i.e. drugs, overt anger, verbal anger, all kinds of rage, malign, I mean, all kinds of habitual acts. And most people say, how in the world did that person get like that? It could be that. And the other way it could go is the person becomes high-functioning. They become super successful. They become organized. They become clean freaks. For me, I never knew why I didn't want to touch doorknobs. I know I, I was, I grew up like that, like, oh, that doorknob's dirty. Don't touch the doorknob. Uh, get, a, get a paper towel. But it was more than that for me. It was. My gosh, everything's dirty. Don't ever put your toothbrush on the sink. That's dirty. Don't ever... Don't touch that. Get your fork off the table. It's dirty. And I was, as I was saying this, it's dirty. It's dirty. Don't... Oh, that's dirty. Go away. Get to wash your hands now. It's dirty. Don't touch the toilet. It's dirty. It was like... Oh my gosh. 
I, I see things as dirty uh, because I felt dirty. I felt dirty for a long time. Now one event I'm thinking in particular, this is when I was a junior in high school. And uh, I was a wrestler at the time. So I could beat people up if I wanted to. I mean, the person who who hurt me, who physically hurt me, um, I could have beat him up. But this is just one of the cases where I don't know what to do. But now I connected it. Well, one, one day my wife was just doing some research on the computer and she said there's this article that made this connection between germophobic tendencies, OCD people and something that happened in the past that made them feel dirty. And it's like this light went on and, I'm like, and I said, oh my goodness, that's me. Um, but then I stuffed it and then I suppressed it. Um, and then on this trip, I had a chance to sit down and really revisit that, but I didn't know, I didn't know I would revisit that. I was just trying to go back to events, other events, and I didn't, my, my, see, like, my issue wasn't resentment, my issue wasn't anger, my issue wasn't, those were, those might have been fruits, those might have been other um, secondary effects, but, but my issue was, was deception, um, and confusion, in believing that this event really didn't happen. That was the issue. It didn't manifest in something else. It was way deeper than that. It was, oh, maybe that just didn't happen to me. Maybe that didn't happen. So, so I struggled for about a couple hours in this room with getting in, in touch with it. And, um, and I know, looking back in hindsight, I know what was going on. God is not the author of confusion. And was very confused. But with some loving people in the room that, that, who agreed on things, and, and I'm going to my theology and breaking down belief, and I said, belief, it, belief is out of my control. Belief is when I lay down the facts, and fr- when the facts are laid in front of me, the empirical data, the evidence, some things I can see, I can taste, I can touch, I can feel, then I can't help but believe what's in front of me. If I walked outside and it was... You asked me if it was raining, all I would need to see is, or feel is one drop, and I would say, I can't not believe it's not raining. I can't. And Dano says, uh, perfect. <laughs> Everybody in the room agrees that this has happened. And, and he listed several other events. I mean, the facts were so clear. The facts were right in front of me. I was just under attack. I was under spiritual attack. And someone would say, what do you mean spiritual attack? What was it? You believe in demons and all that? Well, I don't know what kind of entity, whether it was Satan, demons, uh, my flesh, the world, the society, sin itself. I don't care. I just call that all the enemy because that's not God. 
God is not the author of confusion. So, um, man, I just really got in touch with it. I said, okay, I do believe that happened now. And for the first time in my life, um, I, I, I had been fully persuaded. I had been fully persuaded, i.e. I believed that an event had happened and when I was going to revisit it, um, one of the young guys in the room, his name is Chad, who's the man, um, one of the guys helped me get here, is, he said, what if God wanted to meet you at somewhere? Um, and then the only way that we, I could have this encounter with God is I would actually go all the way there and meet him at the house. and. If I stopped halfway, then would I would I be meeting God? And no, obviously not. But that at the time that didn't even make sense at the time. My mind was spinning around, and my buddy Dan's trying to paint a picture of of different scenarios, um, picturing events happening, you know, to my son. And I was like, I, but I can't. I couldn't get. I didn't get there through those pictures because it wasn't reality for me. I, I could picture my son all I want, but. But these things didn't happen to him, so, so I didn't. I was pushed back and pushed back in hours, and then when I just went to myself, and I brought myself to that place, so a combination of what everything, and then there was another young person in the room who suggested um, that that I just that I had, also that I haven't met God there. Um, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> I went there and uh, in the intervention Dan said how does that little boy feel does he feel dirty and, and it just it poured out the spirit came on me and this stuff just poured out flowed out and I said oh my gosh I could see the connection that everything is dirty in my mind and I don't know why like it makes sense like so the connection happened I just started pour, I just started pouring out and I'm like oh my gosh this, this it, it makes sense and so you know I, I walked I walked out of there that day um, just my mind was my mind was blown away like this this gaping hole that had never been filled um, it was there it was like I don't know I think of the spirit I think of spiritual warfare as like a like a golf course and every sinful event or past action that hasn't been dealt with is like a hole and then the enemy starts playing golf in those holes and it becomes a playing field for the enemy. But the balls have to be taken out of those holes and they have to be filled. Those divots have to be filled with truth. Otherwise, the enemy has a heyday with me. And then that's what, that's what he did. He used that confusion and that doubt in my mind that maybe this really didn't happen for the past few years um, to play around. And... So that, that chapter's closed. It's done. It's D-U-N done.
Like it's no more. And I just can't wait to do what else God has me to do. I look to the future and, and I go, I, Lord, I thank you for what you're about to do. Thank you for revival that's taking place in, in different parts of the world and in different parts of the city and the state. And I'm just amazed. I'm amazed that, that he has empowered people and he's loved them who passed the love to others and I'm just so honored and feel so loved that that my good buddy and two strangers right now lifelong friends took some time out of the day and they didn't even do it for me they were doing it to be obedient to their God who told them to give the truth to others and to help set the captives free. I was a captive. So now, Fabcaster listeners, I, I, I just ask you, when's the last time, if ever, that you had this gut-wrenching sit-down, let-people-speak-the-truth-to-you give a whole day of Sabbath rest into prayer and fasting have you ever done that then I wonder why there's still residual sin why is there still leftover undealt with emotion why is there still habits that you can't kick why there are still thoughts that are so irrational, so shameful, that you believe they can't be shared. I would offer this to you. A day of prayer and fasting. No watches, no phones. You sit down and, and God will do his thing. That's not just that's not some sort of cliche. It's it's real. But you know it and you feel it. And you feel that emptiness. And I, I, I would just say reach out. Say, son of David, Jesus will have mercy on me. I can't see. I'm blind. I got blind spots. Son of David, have mercy on me. Come touch my eyes. Yeah, I, I, I recognize it. I got blind spots. I'm blind. Come touch my eyes. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to send some people. This is not going to be solo, quote unquote, you and God. It's going to be, he's going to send down his body of believers to surround you and to engulf you in community, in loving, gospel-rooted community because that's why he died on the cross it's for freedom that Christ has set us free we don't, we don't have to walk around with any sort of shame or guilt or, or any sort of stronghold any sort of mental attitude that would bring us down any, any sin that we don't have to live with any of that 
reason why we do is probably because we don't know others. Others don't know us. And we feel alone. We feel totally isolated and lonely. But where there is community rooted and centered in the gospel, nobody is left alone. Nobody. All right, Fabcasters. Perfect timing. Look at me. I'm coming up to my my exit. I'm picking up my daughters. and I love you guys. I love you guys so much that I share not only the gospel, but I share my life because this one's, this this life happens pretty fast. We might as well spend it glorifying God and walking in freedom until the day he comes and gets us and brings us back and establishes his kingdom here on earth. All right, Fabcasters, love you. Talk to you later. Bye.